and a butthole. I said that because there's a cat asshole in my face right now. You got a cat butthole in your face. So it's not that I just like talking about buttholes all of the time. It's that I don't know. I think you kind of do. Mm-hmm. You bring up buttholes all the time. Well, there are. We live with three cats, so I and, and a dog. So I see a lot of asshole. And I'm always walking around backwards with my butt cheeks spread open. And you know, you're just generalized personality. What's up, guys? Hello, welcome to the Couple of Critics podcast. Hey, what's up? I am Michelle. I am Sam. I think we sound way echoier than last time but it, it didn't the playback didn't sound as echoey to me i think we'll be fine we like i said we can make little blankets in the future if we want but i don't know i kind of like oh, it blankets <laughs> blanket like we said welcome to the couple of critics podcast it's my week and on this podcast guess what we do we are a married couple who submits an album or a movie for review usually uh one that we like and the other one probably doesn't Usually. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, usually. But that's the fun. Or hasn't even heard or doesn't even know anything about. Mm-hmm. That's the good thing about this podcast. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it is my week. And what did we watch? We watched a movie. We watched The Evil Dead, which I'm kind of surprised took me this long to come up with. And you didn't even come up with it on your own. No. Nope. You had some inspiration. I got to give this one to Mr. Tom Jeffries himself. I'm surprised that you didn't come up with this on your own. I, I never would have thought about it, but he sent me a message about uh, the about my love? week. Yeah, about love. <laughs> he did tell me he loved me last night, so that was nice. Oh, He said, love you, buddy. And it took me about five minutes to be able to type, I love you too. Not that I don't love him, but I'm just... I'm very weird about those kinds of things. What? Makes you sad. You're scared. <laughs> You're all weird with your emotions. I'm very weird with my emotions. I don't like emotions. The one I feel the most is anger. <laughs> anger is easiest. That's true. Feels good, man. Like, well, I mean, even if you're hurt... If you're like, I don't know, it just a lot of things kind of come out through anger because anger is just it's it's like a i don't know it's just a way of coping with it sometimes it i don't want to say it feels good to be mad but it's just like a way to get through the process of so, whatever you're going through yeah opening these goddamn water bottles speaking of anger opening these goddamn <laughs> water bottles is fucking impossible <laughs> ah, i'm gonna get water all over myself they right. fill them to the very top, which <laughs> which is good. Normally but <laughs> great, but for some reason, there's no way to open it without. I can't do it. Getting it all over yourself. Do it. Get wet. Do it. Get wet. I want to see you get wet in the middle God. of the day. I can't open the fucking water bottle. I have dry hands. You want me to try? Yeah. Well, it's probably all lotiony now because I've been feeling dry. So I put lotion on my face and my hands before look at you you got watered instead of me just a little bit you got a blanket on so you had a little bit of a cushion thank you for opening my water bottle oh you're welcome my strong hands (laughs) strong hand i got strong hands god did that scene gross you out in scary movie two when he shoved the his hand in the mashed potatoes (laughs) not vestigial because vestigial is extra his fucked up hand on the mashed potatoes yeah, it was disgusting because mashed potatoes, It's I mean, it's a staple of of a meal. If it's on the table, most people are going, are thinking, I'm going to have some of those mashed potatoes. Well, and if, you're, if we're talking about the movie, it was a nice turkey dinner where the turkey got um, some cunnilingus on it. It did? 
Yeah, I remember because he was no. like, "Oh, I seasoned it," and he like stuck his arm, his like hand in it, and like picked it up and was like, uh-huh. and, like licking the <laughs> vagina and ass of it. No, I do not remember that at all. And then, because uh, then everyone was like, "Oh no, that's ruined," and then it just kind of like went down the line of like, "Oh, the mashed potatoes," and then he put his hand in it. And then they were like, oh, at least pie. And then it was my germs. Oh, yeah, I don't remember any of that. I just remember the mashed potatoes part. I think I would block out a man giving a turkey kind of lingus. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should watch it again, Sam. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe you could learn All some I'm things. Saying, teach me some things. <laughs> yeah. From uh, Chris Elliott <laughs> licking a turkey vagina. Hello, once Hi. again. Let's start this again. This is Couple of Critics Podcast. <laughs> I was going to say that Tom influenced me because I did the Jesus Christ Superstar episode two weeks ago, and then he sent me a message that said, I'm not into musicals, but I like this one, and he sent me a link to the album of the Evil Dead musical. Isn't that one funny? Aren't there songs that are funny? I think it's got way more of a cheekiness to it because it's... Even though this, the first movie wasn't cheeky. No, the first, not intentionally. Is the Evil Dead musical just based on the first movie, or is it kind of in a, a culmination of all of them? I don't know because I've never seen it, but what I do know, it is definitely at least Evil Dead 1 and 2 put together because he does cut off his hand, which does not happen in the original Evil Dead. That's all Evil Dead 2 to get the chainsaw arm. When you're dead, you are evil. When you're dead, you are evil. Demons come in for you. Condor. Evil dead. Evil dead. But I do know that the Evil Dead musical is definitely way cheekier and it's got like happy sounding songs in it, like boppy kind of songs. And I know that there is a splash zone in the front because they spray blood like crazy. When he cuts his hand off i know it just drenches the front row that's kind of like a guar show yes which means when i get the chance to see the evil dead musical because i'd love to see it i am definitely getting a ticket in the splash zone there's no way i'm not i've got to come out soaked in blood are you gonna do what you do at guar concerts and be like come on me (laughs) (laughs) no i'm not gonna talk during the performance <laughs> I definitely did say that to owners more than once. He would get his same. Well, he, he would do the you know because by the end of it, it wasn't even come. It would just be blood. He would just shoot blood out of his dick, and I would sit there and like point to my face. And then I, I don't want to say this pompously, but I'm pretty sure Dave Rocky eventually ended up recognizing me because I'd hung out with him a few times and smoked pot with him. I mean, the dude was kept my lighter about six fucking times. You're also an identifiable creature. Yeah, You're memorable. Uh, I'm memorable, and I make myself memorable. I'm one of those dudes who's... I've hey, talked to you want to be my best friend? I'm yeah, a kid. Yeah, I always, I've always talked to other people who'd be like, wait, you met him? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how? You just go back to the back when they're loading up the bus, and you say, hey, I got pot. And then he's like, oh, cool. Give me five minutes. We're going to hang out. It's really fucking easy. He's like... But he's dead now, so it's super hard. Give me fuel. Give me five. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Kent and I... Went to a guar show once that we weren't allowed in. I think I've talked about it on this podcast. And uh, there was a dude who's called the Spew Slave. He's one of the people that <coughs> makes sure that the Pardon. shit's getting ready and like runs the tanks. Spew They call slave. him Spew Slave because that's what they're called. It's called Spew. And it's the Spew Tanks. Those are the red Spew Tank, the green Spew Tank. 
And uh, he was called, his name was Joe, but he was a spew slave. And I remember one time, I was like, hey, man, we got some weed. And he looked at me and he was like, kill Alan Wrench? I was just like, what? And he goes, kill Alan Wrench? And I was like, sure. Had no fucking idea what he was talking about. But then we ended up getting high with him. And he explained to me that he was on a forum for a band called Kill Alan Wrench. And somebody had told him, hey, I'm going to show up with weed. I want to smoke you out. So he thought I was the Kill Alan Wrench guy. And I was just a kid who was like, you're in Guar. We're going to get high. So he would smoke weed with a kid. Well, I was, when I say kid, I was probably, well, I wasn't allowed in the show that one time, so I wasn't 21, but I was definitely over 18. Oh, okay. I was probably 19. Okay. But. I thought you meant like 16 or 17. No, I wasn't smoking pot then, but I'm sure they would have. If I'm on the road and some fucking 60-year-old kid comes up to me and he's already smoking joints and stuff, I'm not his fucking parent. He's got weed. I'm going to smoke it. <laughs> yeah, I just wouldn't want to get in tr- like extra in trouble for doing yeah. something with a minor. Yeah, because they'd probably, if they caught you, they'd probably be like, hey, you supplied this. Mm-hmm. No, he brought it. <laughs> no, the kid brought the drugs. The kid brought the, the drugs. The kid brought the drugs. But, like I was but saying, I'm going to do them. Then when Tom told me about, or sent me the Evil, the Evil Dead musical... I thought it would be a good idea to come in with the complete opposite from Jesus Christ Superstar and come in with Evil Dead Kondarian Demon Action, which is a uh, bread from Satan. <laughs> I don't know if it is Satan in this one. I don't know if they brought anything like that up ever. I don't think they have. The Book of the Dead? It's just the Book of the Dead. But it doesn't say anything. Yeah, I've got, I've got some things I want to bring up about that later. <laughs> All right. You want to watch the trailer first, my dear? No, for a second, okay. I think we need to take a, a, a time out and uh, talk about the dangers of methamphetamines. Oh, okay. All right. So it turns out <laughs> that uh, somehow Sam and I have been labeled as uh, meth heads. Yes, for some really dumb fucking for reason. For some weird fucking reason, and it doesn't make sense. And uh, it may have come from someone who listens to this podcast. And I don't know where where things got mixed up, but... Uh, I'll say this right now. We have never done meth. I've never even seen meth. I've never seen meth. I've never had a desire to try it. No. So being accused of doing something and that... Uh, this information coming from my nieces and nephew... Uh, is fucking ridiculous. Is really uh, awful. It's insulting. It's horribly it's insulting. Horribly incorrect. It's unnecessary. Oh. It's inappropriate. I'll tell you all my drug history right now. I've done cocaine before, but it's been a long fucking time. And yeah. doing it every once in a great while does yeah. not make you an addict or a druggie. I, I've personally done cocaine twice in 13 years. I don't think that makes me no. a, uh, a cokehead. And I told the crack story, I think, last week. That happened fucking once. <laughs> and that was like, like a long... Like, that was before you and I were together, so... Yeah, you would have been over like... Over 10 years. 18 or 19 or something like yes. that. That was, yeah, years ago when you were a dumb kid. So do not listen to this podcast and use stuff against us for your own evil doings, uh, family members. It's, there's no reason to do that. Um, if you don't like us and want us in your life, why are you listening to the podcast? Sorry to get serious for everyone else, 
but uh, don't use this as ammo against us. This is a fucking, this is an entertainment source. Yeah. This is and something that we just do to play with. And if you're going to use things from this podcast, at least get it right. Please get it right. <laughs> Jesus Truly. Christ. We are pretty good people. I mean, we, we don't can be assholes. With- yeah, but we don't fuck with people. Nope. We don't fuck with people's lives. Nope. We're, I mean, apparently I'm a giant liar. Apparently I say all kinds of things on this podcast that aren't true. That's fucking crazy. So uh, just get the fuck out of here. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. you're even here. Yeah. So. And yes, I am on house arrest currently, but for a plant. For a plant. A plant that is legal in a lot of fucking places. We just happen to live in the wrong place. And what we're going to do once Sam is no longer in trouble is just uh, travel right over the state line and we'll be fine. And I won't be a criminal anymore. Oh, whoop-dee-doo, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I did think that was necessary because that's fucking bullshit. And, and I don't like lies being made up, especially lies that paint us out to be something we're Absolutely not. And the fact that it's coming through the mouths of babes to us <laughs> is pretty... Uh, Very fucked up. Angering, if, yes. if you want to play those games. Because it's fucked up. I don't want to play those games. No. You should have never had to have that methamphetamine conversation with the children that you had to have. No, I didn't. It's, I I mean, it's completely unnecessary. It's fucking crazy. The youngest is like 9 or 10, so... There's no reason to be having that conversation with no. a child that young. So to, um, to skew their perspective of us, their perception of us. Even though they didn't believe it, they knew that it was nonsense. But Good. Good for them. Because that's so insulting. And now this is my official fuck you. And truly, Get the fuck out of this podcast. Get the fuck out of my life. Because I don't want to be part of your fucking life, so leave us the fuck alone. And you don't want to be part of our lives, so why are you doing this? So fuck off. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And Especially because we're... We are so good. We do nothing. We do nothing. I I take so many naps, (laughs) and because of that, I gain weight. And if you can do that while being a meth head, then you must be a fucking magician. I must be a fucking magician. (laughs) It's so crazy. And anybody that knows us personally actually knows us. Oh, my goodness. Knows that that is absolutely absurd that that has been told or misconstrued i don't even know what happened i don't even know the facts it's just not who we are at all so just don't come here to play games we're here to entertain that's all that we're doing here absolutely and we're here to talk about the movie the evil dead damn right we are we can get back to business now we don't need to talk about drama because no one likes it no so we don't like it at all we lead very drama-less lives and that's yeah. the fucking way we want to keep it. Yeah. All right. Now do you want to watch the trailer for Evil Dead? I would like to watch the trailer from 1983. Well, that's a lie because this thing came out in 1981. Ooh. Yeah. So, But this is the original theatrical trailer as far as I can find. Maybe they uploaded it onto YouTube in 1983. Yep. They were the original YouTube creators. Okay. Here we go. I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. Bum bum. Ooh, spooky. I'm shocked. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a love story. No, it was the woods themselves. They're alive, Ashley. 
I've already watched this, and it's one of those trailers that just shows scenes. It doesn't have a guy talking or anything besides me. In a world where the woods. God, I wish I could come up with the Yakov Smirnoff joke right now. In Russia, the woods with you. As I'm watching this, I don't care and I watched it earlier, she's your girlfriend. You take care of. Her. Seems like old trailers show just as much of the movie as new trailers do, so people really shouldn't be bitching about that. <laughs> yeah, but I think that they trailers now are like two and a half minutes long. Let's see how long this one is. Almost 46. two minutes. That's still a lot. I definitely would have seen this movie. If I saw the trailer for it. Evil Dead. I was hoping there was going to be a guy in it that's like, Evil Dead, the most grueling experience in horror. So I keep calling it Evil Dead, and I see Evil Dead and The Evil Dead. Yeah. I don't know the answer. I think... I think it's more called The Evil Dead, especially now since there was the remake. And I know the remake is just called Evil Dead. So I think nowadays to sort of, uh, what's the word? Differentiate? Yeah, differentiate, separate the two. I think they often put the in the front of it. But I don't know what it's supposed to be. That's a good question. Well, all of the stuff that's up in front of me, I was going to say, one guy looks like Michael C. Hall, one guy looked like Quentin Tarantino, but that's not who they were. Anyway, so we watched <laughs> Evil Dead, and you said that this came out in, in 81? Yeah, October 15th, 1981 is when it was released in theaters. Just in time for Halloween. Yeah, which is good for them, smart for them. So that box does say The Evil Dead. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say the original theatrical release poster definitely has a the in it. So I'm going with that it's called The Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. It was originally going to be called uh, Book of the Dead, but then a a guy who gave him some money and uh, helped him with some art stuff because they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. This is their first major picture. Uh he was helping him with like release items and saying like, Hey, do you have pictures ready for this thing? And they were like pictures. And he was like, well, you gotta have promotional materials. You gotta do something here. And then he said, I don't think it should be called book of the dead because people are going to think they come and got to read for an hour and a half. And so they came up with all sorts of weirdo titles like possessed boys and girls or something like that. They didn't have some very good titles. And then they chose uh, the evil dead. Which I think when I first heard the title, it was kind of like lame, like eh, Evil Dead. That seems kind of like just two words rammed together. I think it sounds better than Book of the Dead or whatever. Yeah, I do too. I don't think it would have had as many views. If it, like, I think the guy was right. I think you'd automatically just be like, I've got to go read for an hour and a half. Yeah. Fuck that shit. This microphone cover, this microphone sponge, as I like to call him, uh-huh. has fucking gouges taken out of it all over the place and is covered in cat hair. Do you think Paul's been just going in there and jumping up at it? Like, give me that microphone it, sponge because he been plays in here, with another one. Isn't it in, in here usually? Uh, it's Lately it's been. 
it spent some time in the other room because I was using it to record some drums. But I don't know if he was just standing on this table and chewing. I can see him trying to get it off. Was it at? It was askew when we came in. It was like part off. So I can see him fucking cat buttholes because he's been playing with that other <laughs> the spare microphone sponge as you called it. He just carries it around the house in his mouth like a dog. It's very cute. It's amazing because it bounces really well. It's very uh, the way it moves on the ground when he hits it is very playful. It's bounce almost with alive. Me, bounce with me. Bounce with me. Bounce with me. All right, let's get into this goddamn movie. So you had never seen this, at least you thought. There were things that were familiar, but I think it's. I mean, from the beginning, the very beginning scene, yeah. it, the opening scene is of teens driving to a cabin. Yeah. And I feel like it has become so iconic that whether I've actually seen it or not, which I'm I'm not sure if I had, it felt familiar. It seems like a almost a trope in movies. I also ah, I also sorry. brought it up. You had recently watched uh, Friday the 13th part four with me mm-hmm. and the beginning of that is teens driving in a car to go to somewhere in the woods some sort of with crispy with crispin glover himself crispy glover which we can talk about crispin glover later too with the whole fake shemp thing we can yeah but yeah like you said they're driving to the cabin and what's the what did it what did it make you feel originally like did it look like shitty it looked cheesy yeah you can tell that it's a lower budget production uh, Hundred and fifty thousand, i think this is three hundred and fifty thousand. see th- i don't fucking trust this because i read the book that bruce wrote and they needed one hundred and fifty thousand, and they could only get like they were calling everybody to get money they could not get money for this film so they were calling like relatives relatives friends they were calling up like butcher houses like uh, well maybe that's like an inflation price maybe that's been adjusted for inflation maybe and maybe they it wouldn't be this i was gonna say maybe it's later promotional materials but nobody counts the like reprints of things Mm -mm. in the budget no so i don't think that's right or bruce isn't right because i read the section of this movie called on the in the book my name is bruce is it my name is bruce no, it's called If Chins Could Kill. That's what it's called. <laughs> which is fucking hysterical that he understands he's got a monster chin, which I don't think was as prominent in this movie. He's so young looking in this movie. Yeah, but he still has a strong chin. It's still strong, but it seems... You know how Julian from uh, Trailer Park Boys? Yes. It seems like his face just got bigger and bigger and weirder and weirder as the time went on. Yeah, kind of like Tim Kelpick. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> It's the strong, it's the strong bones in your face. I guess they just keep growing. I don't know. <laughs> keep drinking your milk, just like Mr. T tells you. <laughs> keep drinking that meak, as uh, Ernest himself would say. And we'll talk about milk later as well. In this oh, movie. yeah, we will. Um, so, yeah, they're driving to the cabin. Uh, and it's interesting to me because it's, it, we have the Bruce Campbell character, who is Ashley. Ashley Williams. And his girlfriend, and his sister are in the back seat. Yeah. Cheryl's his sister and Linda. Linda. Listen, is his Linda. Girlfriend. And then in the front is a friend named Scotty and then his girlfriend. Hottie Scotty. Scotty too hot. It's Scotty and uh Shelly. Shelly's his girlfriend. Which is uh I'm gonna go ahead and throw out there. 
Uh, Shelly's not a great name for horror movie characters. If your name is Shelly in a horror movie, your fate's probably not going to be good. No. I've only known two Shellys in a horror movie, though. And they both met a terrible fate. But Shelly from Friday the 13th is, uh, I believe, responsible for the hockey mask. I think. He was just dying to get boned. And he just got died. He was but a creep. Blood red. Friday the 13th. He, he's, he knew his friends were going out to have sex in the barn, and he like watched goes them. up to the barn to look through the window, and but he doesn't see anything because he can't find them. But he was a lonely boy. He's a lawyer now. An entertainment no, lawyer. No, he's dead. The guy who played Shelly is a lawyer <laughs> now. And he gives little, because there's a whole bunch of legal problems with Friday the 13th, and the name, like people can't, certain people can't use it, which is why they Shelly. can't make any more uh, like game stuff for it. They can't make any updates for that game because Sean Cunningham, the original director and writer of Friday the 13th, came in and was a dickhead about things. Like, you can't use that name. I didn't blah, 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 blah. It's like, but the production company signed off on it, dude, and everything was cool. And then he just comes in and goes, well, they didn't actually own it because of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, Sean, you've made enough fucking money off of Jason, dude. Just let the fans have their thing. Well, I just, uh, the whole, I mean, I think it's weird that his sister is a fifth wheel and the characters of the ki- the, the people, that it's yeah. two couples who it are is. friends yeah. and then his sister is just tagging along yeah, for some reason. Yeah. But so, she's like the same age, it seems. Uh, Yeah, I've always took taken her, take, I don't know, what, I've always... I've, you you, t- you took in her. I've took in her, her character as she's a little more emotionally fragile and Ash doesn't want to like leave her behind because he thinks like, he's got to be there to be around her so she doesn't lose her mind. What if they're fraternal twins? That, that might be. We can dig into that one. I'm also pulling things from the Evil Dead remake, I think, are getting into my head because they bring the main character and it's uh, she's addicted to heroin. And the whole thing. Not is, us, the character in the movie. <laughs> she, <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I've I need to separate. I've also never done heroin. <laughs> Ditto, but you never know. Um, Next, we're going to be heroin heads. Yeah, right. So in the remake, the whole reason of going to the cabin is to get away from society and do like a detox out in this woods with her friends. But in this, it's just friends for like a yeah. a night getaway. It's, yeah, I don't know if it's a night. It seems like for a while because they're going to Tennessee, I do believe, which is so where like it was a, filmed. A weekend? Yeah, I guess. A weekend getaway. If I read this about the production. They tried to film in uh, Michigan because that's where they did everything. And uh, nobody would give them like... A, deals on any sort of cabin or help them find anything because in certain states there's like movie help like you can go to like an entertainment uh bureau i guess okay i'll be like oh well this is available for filming here this is available for filming here and i guess michigan was just like hey fuck off get out of here and then they wanted to film in the summer because detroit was going to be horrible in the winter or the fall to film and then by the time they were able to film, it was winter in Tennessee, and Tennessee had like one of its coldest winters of all time. So the whole time during this movie, they're all fucking freezing. They're all super cold. Interesting. You can't tell. They play yeah, it off well. You can't tell. They had like 
propane heaters that people would go warm up their stuff. They would have to unfreeze the camera. It would get so cold that the camera would freeze, and they'd have to put it by a heater just to be able to film some more. Much like the laptop that uh, records us, which is why we are coming out with this episode late. Yeah, sorry about that, but this computer is being a bitch. It's running better now, though. I did some tweaks to it. Windows 10 is known for adding a bunch of extra dumb shit, just like on your phone, Mm -hmm. that's like GPS enabled and advertisement blah blah blah, 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 blah. all this shit that does not need to be on there in fact i turned off one thing that's it shuts off the hard disk after 20 minutes of you not doing something so it just shuts the hard drive down it doesn't communicate with it why the fuck it would ever do that is insane to me so i shut that off and now the hard drive is being talked to at all goddamn times even though now i gotta replace this hard drive again you hear me fucking hard drive <sighs> anyway but I wanted to talk about this beginning scene where they're driving in the car and coming up. And Scotty gets, like, you hear ominous sounds, and Scotty's driving the car. And the evil forces, it seems, take the wheel over because there's a big truck coming down evil called Lazy take Mary. The wheel. And, it, and it, like, takes his arms, and he's like, argh, argh, and he's fighting to get it off. So later, when they the evil spirits actually come out, it's like the evil's already in the area. It's already fucking with things. Which I want to know, is it fucking with anyone else because that truck was driving by? Does it ever? Does that guy just drive down that road and every once in a while, he's like, oh, fuck, my wheel. Uh. Uh, it's probably like, I know these kids are coming to me, so... I guess. But I don't know, because if you start fucking with them before they're there, you're putting potential doubt in their minds. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because even when they, I mean, they're still traveling to get there and they're having issues and they go over that bridge and they get stuck because boards fall out of the bridge. <laughs> and I mean, most people would be like, well, if this is happening trying to get there, I'm not going to go yeah. back over this bridge. Yeah. So I, it's interesting that there were all of these deterrents, what seemed to be. And they're still just like, no, we got to get to this cabinet. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That part is so funny when the boards are falling out of the bridge. And Bruce Campbell, for some reason, just opens the door just to get a shot of him looking down and going, oh. It was cartoonish. Yeah. That's the Three Stooges coming out in the Sam Raimi world. But let's talk about, just kidding, we don't have to talk about it because it'll happen throughout, but Scotty is a dick, I want to say. The the Scotty, the friend that we are introduced to, he's not a nice guy. He's shitty from the get-go. He is. And I don't know why such a, a nice boy is friends with him. Oh, Ashley? Ash. Because uh, you got to have the yin and the yang, baby. I bet Scotty gets Bruce to do things Ash doesn't want to do, and then I'm sure Ash also stops Scotty from doing crazy shit sometimes as well. It's interesting because you don't have any friends who are like super soft. You're all assholes. Just kidding. I'm the biggest asshole out of all of them. Uh-huh. In terms of, I say very condescending things. <laughs> yeah, I guess only one. Because uh, I'm thinking of like the band. There are only like two of you who are really assholes. Who's the other one, Kirk? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> He's the only other person who's going to say things that are going to potentially get him in trouble. That's true. Adam and Kent are good. Are they well-behaved boys for the most part? Yeah. 
Because we're pussy. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I will definitely what say What was that things. I was saying about drama? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. So they're driving to the cabin. When they're driving, they got that yellow, I don't even know what kind of car it was. It's a it's, big boat. Yeah. It's a big boat of a car that should not be going off road. And yeah. And there's a part where they're just driving in the woods. There's barely a road there. There's no road. No. The, it doesn't look like it's a path that's been driven often. So it's not like worn down to dirt. No, it no. is just like what looks like a field. Like it's they're just driving just, on someone's property. It's just grass. Just untouched land. And they say that they're getting their cabin real cheap. Do you think it's because whoever owns the cabin knows evil shit has gone down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if they talked to a demon and a demon gave them the price. Mm, I mean, because it's not the old days where they can do like a financial transaction over the phone or something. Yeah, so true. there was not, a, I mean, there was never like a face to face encounter unless like a check was mailed previously. You know what they call that? The checks in the mail. They call that fraud, Sam. <laughs> That's what they call that. So they eventually get to the cabin. It's fraudulent activity. And I love this scene. When the they show up and the porch swing is going back and forth and it's just ramming into the cabin. Well, what's interesting is when he's walking, because there's one person, Scotty, walking towards the cabin. And it's the, the shot also of just like kind of walking away from everyone else. And everyone's just kind of standing there totally frozen, just like staring at him. Yeah, they, then it looks they, like creepy. They do have a, a fear in their looks. Mm-hmm. They are definitely freaked out. And I wonder if they're freaked out because of that porch swing just ramming into the wall for no reason and then it just stops like perfectly love that scene but that was after he was already on the porch when it stopped yeah, and he grabbed yeah, the keys yeah i'm just saying i love that part when it just stops out of nowhere it's a very good effective there's weird shit going on here scene it's interesting that they just keep the keys on top of the door that anybody could figure out where they're at Mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess I, I'm assuming people who are near the area know not to fuck with it. But these kids from somewhere else who don't know the area don't know the lore. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if there is a lore. I would love to know. I would almost want a prequel to this movie. I've never even thought about that. But I would love to know. I want to just see the carnage that happened before. Who owns the cabin? why this cabin's even because the cabin is revisited out. in other installments of the uh, evil dead right or is it just a different cabin well it's uh, well this actual cabin burned down before they filmed evil dead 2 so they couldn't reuse it i'm but, sure they would have but i mean the idea is that it's the same cabin yeah yeah but in army of darkness the third one he gets transported to medieval times so the cabin isn't in that at all yeah it gets ridiculous i saw your face (laughs) at the end of evil dead 2 he gets sucked into like a time warp kind of thing and then he just falls into the middle of like a medieval times and then they're all like who is this man and then army of darkness is all about and he's like give me a pepsi (laughs) it's all about medieval times and they're gonna try and take him and then that's the classic scene in line where he's like listen up you primitive apes this is my boomstick because he shot it and everybody's like what the fuck is that thing so 
And then it turns out he's the chosen one who was supposed to come back. And Yeah, that has nothing to do with this movie, blah, blah, though. Blah, blah, blah. So. No, no. So they got to the cabin. And during this scene when Scotty's checking things out and uh, all the other kids are taking things out of the back. Young adults. You can clearly see the production issues where, or the editing issues, I don't know where. Scotty will open a door and it's fucking pretty well dark outside. It's almost actual nighttime. And then they show the kids again taking stuff out of the car it's perfectly day. Yeah. It, well, it looks like it's like 4 p.m. when they are driving up and like Scotty is walking up to the cabin. But then mm-hmm. when he's inside, it's like 630. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, then they cut back and it's four o'clock. Again. <laughs> so just time is jumping all over the place. Oh, it, yeah. It's a wishy-washy world in this there, evil dead. There's also a part in this when he's walking through like the shed that's outside. This is a horror movie trope and I don't understand it that like bones and like gourds and stuff are just tied to strings and just hanging from the ceiling this was in texas chainsaw massacre as well i wonder if this is left over from like because there was a guy who was living there who recorded things and professor noby is his name and we heard this in the um trailer because he kind of did a lot of the the speaking that we heard uh, which is in the beginning, which is why I think that there's some of the evil forces that are going on still because he had already. Yeah. Like there was witchcraft or some shit, which is why they're like almost like sacrificial things or whatever hanging. I didn't even like, think about that. Like there's a, like it's cursed, like the house is possessed or whatever. Yeah. See, I know too much about the later films because he's actually a professor who went searching for the book of the dead, found it in a cave and then the whole thing is he brought it back with his wife to research the book. And while researching the book, he lets the demon go and it infests his wife first. Wait a second. Yes. Wait a fucking second. <laughs> yes. There is a similarity that I just heard in another movie that you have had me review. Okay. And a movie that you are obsessed with. Okay. I'm interested. I don't know what we're talking about. Someone is obsessed with an article. They go overseas to get it. They bring it back. They, from it, release some evil fucking spirit that wreaks havoc. Hellraiser. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. What the shit? I didn't even think about it until now. It's a similar idea. Yeah. Which you don't find out in this movie. No. but Kind of, because he does say... Okay, we're getting ahead on things. When he does find... The, the tape in the house, he says, I found the text in the Kandar in the caves or whatever, and I brought it back. Like, he explains it a little bit. It's just that in the later movies, they really expound upon it. And then in the video game, they really expound upon it. See, I'm even putting video game shit into my brain on this one. But they're just, so when we, uh, so he, he has inspected the house and everyone's fine. Everyone goes in, they set up in like bedrooms and shit. Yeah. And um, it seems like one of the first things that happen, it's not the dinner, right? No, the first real creepy thing that happens is to Cheryl. Yeah, so what is happening, like the first thing that happens when they get there is that the couples go into rooms and fuck. I don't know about that. No, they're fucking. (laughs) Because they're like, Ash and his girlfriend are like making out. And then... What does that happen? Scotty in that... uh, that girl like she because it's like painting across like the rooms from like the outside windows and she's like got her top off and shit and like that's after that's later that's what i wasn't sure because it seems like they seem like the first thing they did was fuck the first thing they're kind of doing is setting things up and cheryl's drawing that clock 
mm-hmm. that then stops. Yeah, there's a freeze frame moment. <laughs> yeah, freeze, freeze frame. frame. And, uh, and then the pages flip over and she starts, like, it. you can see her hands have black veins in them. Like, her hand got possessed and she's scribbling a very rough sketch of the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon. And it's got the face on it and everything, which I wanted to bring up during this part. You can tell that they were worried about having to retake that scene because it would almost make more sense that it just draws over the clock picture. But they didn't want to ruin that clock picture in case they had to do that scene again. So I think that's why it makes it flip over to get a fresh page. So something that you just said, this is a note that I took. Yes. The Book of the Dead yes. is essentially the Necronomicon, which is a fictional book that was written by H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Okay. So was Sam Raimi a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan? I do not know that, but I know he definitely got the name because, from that. Because the, ne- the Necronomicon was never mentioned. But I tried to do some research, and it looked like he may have been an H.P. Lovecraft fan, which is why he chose to indirectly do a movie based on the Necronomicon. Yeah, because I don't think they ever say Necronomicon. No. No, does he say Necronomicon ex mortis, roughly translated Book of the Dead? He does say that. Okay. That just came out of my mouth. I didn't even think about it. It just shot out of my mouth. Yeah, all the the demons. Demons is something (laughs) that happened in all of these movies. Stick in your head because you are a troubled boy. I'm not a troubled boy. I don't do anything for real. And yeah, there are a lot of demons or something in this movie. (laughs) But still. (laughs) Um, Also, in the second one and then Army of Darkness, they definitely say Necronomicon. Way fucking more. Mm-hmm. I think it was just being called Book of the Dead in this one because at the time of filming, it was going to be called Book of the Dead, the whole movie. So what's interesting about the moment with Cheryl as the sister? Yes. With her and Cheryl the, Williams in the freeze frame moment, she doesn't tell anyone that this like possession moment happens. No. Like from there, it's just like everyone's she just doesn't bring it up like it's a moment of concern and i know that if i had a possession moment like that where i started just scribbling and losing my mind on something and i saw a grandfather clock just, the pendulum just, just stops stop but not stop in the middle stop like all the way up on angle. one side yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden you just kind of start losing your shit and the seller because she puts the book she puts the sketchbook down in the cellar uh, goes up and down too. Oh, yeah, she's like, freaked out by the seller. I th- see that's some foreshadowing. I, I think that's the uh, yeah, that is foreshadowing. You're right. I think that explains more of the Cheryl character in a way that she's just always neurotic. I think she's in the past she's always been a little overwhelming because Scott even says later like she's crazy. Like, I think that's why she came along. Yeah, but uh, Scotty is also a simple mind and uh, yeah, a true. lot of simple minded <laughs> men, it's really easy for them to just say that bitch is crazy. <laughs> when, a, when a girl has a real emotional moment, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> this bitch is crazy. And it's like, oh, just because you don't understand it and don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. She's crazy. You got a problem, Scotty. So then the Scotty's second, a dick. Scotty is a dick. So then the second Scotty, Scotty, he puts down a lot of sod. So they called him Scotty. No, I thought we were just talking about the Arabs. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so the second creepy thing that happens, creepy in quotations, 
is uh, the scene where they, this isn't the creepy part, but when they're, the blender comes up and it looks like they're making Bloody Marys, which is obviously supposed to be like, ooh, look, it looks like blood. Yeah. And then and then Bruce does that, Ash does that uh, little speech where he wants to make a, a toast. And he's like, a drunken man told me once, uh, Ness to, to, to Tarin, which means, and then Scotty's like, Party down, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the fucking cellar door just flies open. Yeah, and it does that super organ, like super cheesy old horror organ. Yeah, so they are sitting. This is so weird. They are sitting on us on like a level below is what it looks like because Cheryl has like her back to the floor. And yeah, when yeah, when right. the cellar flies open, she like turns around and like can see on it, it, you know it looks like a higher level. But then they just like they're just like oh what is it? They get up and they just like walk to it. It's so weird to me. Yeah, you never see. Uh, There's like a weird you never perspective. See a step up in the later parts of the movie at all. And I don't know if that's how it was because they had to have it like. They had to build that cellar. To build it up so they could later you be have people inside of it? I, I think so, but you never see that step up again. You never see like a transition. Yeah, it, but that part, it's very noticeable that it is like half of the room is like down. Uh-huh. Or like it's like shifted down. Uh-huh. You would have to like hop up. Yeah, you'd have to do to a step up. Go to the next room. And there are houses that are built like that, but the cabin never makes that clear again ever. No, it's a very she, weird she's shot. She's just like sitting there. Yeah, it's a very strange against it like shot. it's a wall, like a half wall. Yeah, and bringing up the cellar and how I said they had to build the cellar because it didn't exist, mm-hmm. and it's actually just like a little crawl space for them to be able to like sit in it and mm-hmm. do the scenes. The cabin was in such bad shape that they found and had to use that. They shot scenes that didn't have to do with the cabin while the whole rest of the crew, cast included, like if if you weren't in a scene, you were at that cabin cutting out walls. Uh, they had to raise the ceiling because the ceiling was too low. They had to basically rebuild that whole fucking cabin mm-hmm. to do this. And they were using anybody and everybody. Like, like when Bruce Campbell wasn't acting, he had to run fog machines and stuff like that. So this was not a high production thing and people quit they went through so many fucking people there are people that would just leave and be like i can't deal with the cold anymore and i'm not really getting paid that much i'm fucking out of here which is why we get the different actors later playing different characters with makeup on so the cellar door flies open and then scotty brings out his true dickism at this part like he's already been kind of an asshole but they're like oh maybe it was an animal or something and scotty's like an animal? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he's really <laughs> condescending for no reason. Yeah. yeah. And then they go. This is when they uh, Scotty goes down into the uh, cellar to find all the things that we're about to find. First of all, an intense water problem with the water pipes. So have the, has the lovemaking stuff happened? You never see lovemaking. That's not true. That is absolutely true. You only see... You see her boobs. You see her boobs, but you never see them fuck. You see them like putting clothes back on or taking clothes off one of the two. But then there's also the part where Ash gives his girlfriend the necklace. Yeah, that that comes after. So that is after. So they're in the cellar. 
they're like, Scotty, come back up. Scotty, come back up. And then Ash has to go down and find Scotty because Scotty's being a dick. You find out he's just hiding. And he jumps out at uh, Ash. And then they f- he's like, hey, come check this out. And then they find the items that really set off the whole movie. They mm-hmm. find the tape recorder. They find that knife, that Kandarian demon knife. Kandarian. It's got like a little tiny skull on it, which is even too small for a baby skull. So... I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. It was a monkey. <laughs> it's a monkey. And, uh, of course, the Book of the Dead itself, which... Of course. Only looks like that version in this movie. With each one, basically, the Necronomicon has changed the way it looks. And if you'll see in the background, there's a ripped poster of uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. They did that on purpose to say, like, this movie is going to be way scarier than The Hills Have Eyes. Take that, Wes Craven, you son of a bitch. Ooh, burn. I think it was Wes who made that movie. I might have gotten that wrong. But then, yeah, then they go up, and they're kind of getting ready for the, I don't know, the night. And you do see boobs, un- unneedlessly. You don't really, you didn't. Unneedlessly? Un- it's unneeded. It didn't make any sense. It was just specifically a... This is a horror movie. Let's put some boobs in it. I think that happens a lot. And they just scan by and they show her that. And this is like when the... seems like the demons are... See, I think this was even later than that. Because I think Cheryl has to go into the woods first for that to happen. I don't... They have to play the tape. uh, No, not per my notes. Huh. Because I put that the necklace part was dumb. That it was like this... The the necklace was ugly, but like... (laughs) a little magnifying glass that's what it looked like but i thought it was dumb but it's apparently currency for pussy and it works so. so but they never fuck bruce and her never fuck you never see anything that just because you don't see it doesn't mean that nothing that. happens but i think you're right this part is happening because you see the the boob shot and you see them and then cheryl's in her room and she hears join us mm-hmm yeah, there's a lot of join us in this movie. Wait a minute. So I didn't write anything down about the tape. They have played the tape. Because if she goes out into the woods and that stuff is happening, the tape has already happened. Yeah. So they played that tape. It's got Professor Noby as his name. I don't know if you ever find that out in this movie. But, but the girls Professor were creeped Noby. out by it. Yeah. And Bruce just, hey, hold on. He's like, hey, shut up for a minute. I want to hear this. And then he plays the tape. And then you hear him do the whole, through these passages can... Uh, allow the demons to infest the soul or whatever. I don't remember what he said. But then he plays that tape, and then Cheryl wants it off. Scotty's like, hey, I was listening to that. And then he plays it some more. And then it plays the entire thing that allows the demons to be resurrected. And then Cheryl has the Cheryl freakout moment where she's like, shut it off. Shut it off. Shut it off. And then Scotty calls her crazy. But I don't think she was acting crazy. If she didn't want to hear it, if it was creeping her out, fucking stop. Even even Ash says that. He's like, you knew it was upsetting her. And he's like, hey, you were playing it too. Which kind of lets you know maybe Ash is a little bit of a dick too. It's his sister as well. He was curious. And his sister's just a puss. That's why yeah. she's there in the first place for the most part. So then she's that's, just a tag-along fifth wheel. Yeah, she really is. I bet she wanted to go, and then Bruce was like, oh, she's going to freak out if I don't say yes. But that's why we see the booze, because then the demons are doing that thing where it's like, it's the demon vision, as I'm calling it, where they're like going around. The, <laughs> they're going around the 
It's like going around the cabin. It's like peeking into windows and looking at stuff. Yeah, it's like panning uh, across the outside, like by the windows. And Cheryl hears the drawers. And then for some reason, alone, she puts on a robe and goes out in the woods alone. Like, even if you don't think it's evil spirits and you think there's literally a man out in the woods, why the fuck would you go out in the woods with no light, no weapon, no brother who was there? And she believes it is just like a man. She's like, she's like, come on. Like, I, I heard you. I heard you in the cellar. Yeah. And then we get the scene that I'm sure you hate. (laughs) <laughs> why wouldn't I hate it? It's, and, and the reason why Sam says it that way, that he's sure I hate, is because he doesn't hate it. <laughs> because a tree rapes a woman, and Sam's love for rape continues. <laughs> You're the most racist member, and I'm the guy who likes rape. <laughs> Apparently. It's so disturbing it's and completely is- unnecessary. The, the woods do not have to come these sticks and stuff just like wrap around parts of her body. Literally spread her legs apart. Slowly spread her legs, and then this giant piece just like, looks like it stabs her in the clit. Just rams right in there. It doesn't even look like it hits. It doesn't look like it enters the vagina. It looks like it stabs her in the clitoris. Like That's where the most stimulation is. (laughs) I'm going to say this. Rape P. Lovecraft? This... (laughs) (laughs) This scene never disturbed me as a younger kid because I just I didn't have the empathy that I do now for anything. I'm not even saying for rape for anything. I have way more empathy now than I ever have. It fucking grosses me out. Age. When I watched it these last two times, I was very uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, this is a little. Yeah, because I make you look at rape as a bad thing, and you're like, whoa. Now I have to you. You know what did it? The first time that I was like, whoa, was that Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween. That rape scene made me, I don't want to say not enjoy, but it made me be like, these things don't really really have to be here. This is pretty unnecessary. It could convey the evil in the woods in different ways. It could have just beat her up it could have just it could have ripped her clothes off like it did it could have just it could have still grabbed her yeah but it didn't have to throw her back on on her back pull her legs apart and jam a branch in her clitoris yeah and if you'll remember my band corpuside my old band corpuside we had a song about that very scene trust me i will never <laughs> forget because it's disturbing it was called this, wood the scene is disturbing the idea that a song was written about it, about a tree raping a woman in like celebration, celebratory. Fuck you, Kent. <laughs> it wasn't in celebration. It was just well, that's let's the ask scene Kent. of the movie. Let's ask Kent. Whenever <laughs> when Kent comes back, he can defend himself. We'll see. We'll see about this. Yeah. Rape P. Lovecraft. See. All the inspiration. Uh, I do want to say this on a production note: running through those woods without any shoes on. And just barely Especially any clothes on, and knowing that it was falling freezing down, cold, that would have fucking sucked. It would have hurt. And at night, yeah, it, it, cold like you said, it would have fucking sucked. And just not seeing everything at night, yeah, barefoot. But Ellen Sand, I don't know if it's Sand Weiss or if it's Sand Weiss. I'm sure it was Sand Weiss when it was German, but she had worked with Sam Raimi before, like uh, the the pre whatever you want to call it, the short film within the woods that inspired this movie. 
she is in that movie too with Bruce, but she's Bruce's girlfriend in that. So I think they knew that they could do more to her, like go more extreme with things because it's Ellen. She's worked with us before. She'll be here. She's she's down for the vision. But the other actors were actually just paid and hired. They were all paid, but not very well. She was down all right. <laughs> yeah. The Evil Den. Den? The Evil Dead. Twin Towers. Everything's going down. So then she comes back to the cabin and she says, you know, uh, the woods attacked me. And then Bruce is like, something in the woods? And then she goes, no, it was the woods themselves. Yeah, we heard it in the beginning of the trailer. Yeah. And it's the woods. The, 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 convinces it's James Woods himself. Yes, James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> convinces Ash to take her into town. Which, good for him, as a brother. Mm -hmm. He he does say, okay, I'll let you go into town. I'll put you somewhere. Because he could have been like, fuck no, it's it's dark outside. You saw that road that we came up on during the daylight. I was scared then. I'm not doing this at fucking night. And then they find out, you know, they do that scene where the car's not starting. And I think it's a very funny scene where she's like, it won't let us leave. And then the car starts right up. It's Mm -hmm. like the demons are fucking with them. Which they are fucking with them already anyway, mentally trying to break down their walls, I guess. And then, I don't know if it conveyed to you, because I know what happens in other movies. Could you tell that the bridge was completely gone? It looked like it was completely out, because okay. it only had it only showed like two pieces of iron or whatever, like steel that looked like they had just been like torn through yeah. and were just like dangling in pieces. Yeah. To me, it looked literally looks like... Some guy cut steel beams and then welded them together and didn't do a very good job of uh, fucking them up, really. It looked like a tornado of demons or something came through there. <laughs> demons or something! Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, that's from uh, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Oh, in the second one, since it's kind of a retelling of the first one, they like omit sections from the first one. They have a really good scene where it shows the whole bridge... It, pans back out and you see the whole bridge is fucked up and like the ends look like hands that are curled up like this like something crunched it like it almost like the bridge itself came to life and just went and like to imagine two hands together as a bridge and then it looks like it went like it just curled the hands well up. you know how bridges the like opening and closing bridges yeah for barges and things uh-huh. coming through so it's like that, but they just yeah, crumbled. It's, it's gnarled, and it, it pans back out, and Bruce is like, no, no! Maybe the bridge's hands have rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep making references to past episodes. Yeah, right. <laughs> rheumatoid go arthritis. Listen to, go listen building. to past episodes. So then they realize she was right. The demons are not going to let them leave. So then they go back to the cabin, and uh, this is when all the cabin she shit's going to happen. She does kind of seem emotionally unstable in a way beyond Ash just like having to be the one that kind of keeps his shit together. Yeah. She is losing her mind, and it's just like falling on the ground. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I told you, I told you, and yeah. just like, repeating herself over and over again like a crazy person yeah. And would. then for some reason... Bruce just pops out of nowhere, or Ash just pops out of nowhere and just like grabs her. Yeah, where did he it's go? Like, dude, why didn't you just walk back from the bridge? Yeah, why are you on the side? And then the demons taunt her. Remember, she's walking towards the bridge, and that branch just falls right in front of her, like eye level, which how, would and, never happen. And how does he not see any of this? 
Because he's off doing something. I guess he's pissing on the side. <laughs> he saw the bridge and then he went to take a piss and then he was like, oh, I got to go grab my sister in a dramatic way. Yeah, lots. there are lots of holes in movies <laughs> in general. All right. I think we should take a break and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, it uh, all going down at the cabin. And once again, we'll talk about how being named Shelly in a horror movie is a death wish. Absolutely. All right. So uh, thank you. We'll be back. I don't know why I said thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to give bye to going back. Feel the suspense of us coming back from break. Shit's going down. I will say this, it's pretty cool that they were able to afford a soundtrack, an actual musical score it just didn't it seems like movies nowadays just take classic rock songs mm-hmm. and use them as the score this was a time when it was like no i want a fucking symphonic real score to this thing and i appreciate that especially since the budget was constrained so to speak you know who else liked the score who's that the fugees the food i don't get it what was the name of their album uh the fugees starring uh that Wonderful actress. Why, Cliff Sean. <laughs> of course you're not going to choose the third guy. What's his name? Rizza. That was Rizza? I don't remember. That was a Rizza. Rizza's from uh, Wu-Tang. It wasn't SZA. No. Does Rizza do the SZA? I'm sure. The Rizza SZA. Well, we are back. And we are talking about Evil Dead, as you all know. And we've gotten to the point where... Yeah, the Evil Dead, Twin Towers, everything you know. goes down. Everything comes down. When I saw the base of the Twin Towers when I went to New York, those fuckers were monstrous. I think that was the idea, they taking them out. Huge. You got to have that, uh, that real pain. That real pain. So, we're back at the cabin. They all realize or the, the, that they can't go anywhere, really. Yeah, they're all just like hanging out, freaked out. But only one of them really thinks that anything weird is happening, right? I believe so, and that's Cheryl. Cheryl. And I guess, you think Ash is feeling anything weird by this point, since like the bridge is just gone? Maybe, but it may just be that he knows his sister is so unhappy, and he's trying to appease her. I don't know. Maybe. But they're doing this thing where... they're looking at cards, right? Nobody's been possessed yet. Nothing has really gone no, just, crazy. Just a hand. That's all that we've yeah. seen. And then they're looking at these cards, and uh, her friend is lying to her and telling her that she's guessing the cards right. What are these cards? And we get the first... Oh, they're just playing cards. They're not even playing cards. She's holding the cards up, and she's like... Uh, well, yeah, they're pl- it's a deck of playing cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just guessing what it's supposed to be. And her friend is lying to her and telling her that she's got it right. And then Cheryl... Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why she was doing that. Yeah, I don't know either. Because she's like, I'm telling you, it's like an extra sense or something. You know, like ESP? Which is funny to me because ESP stands for extra sensory per something. <laughs> I don't know what the P is, but the E and the S are extra sensory. So she didn't have to really say that. It's like when people say automated ATM. The A in ATM is already automated. Or they just say ATM machine, and the M means machine. machine. So that's usually what I hear. So I'm going to play the little scene when Cheryl gets first possessed. 
Here we go. Right about now. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's really some sort of extra sense or something. You know, like ESP? Okay, try this one. Okay, um, it's a seven. I don't believe it! Of spades. <laughs> Queen of spades. Wow. Hearts. Eight of spades. Two of spades. Jack of diamonds. Jack of clubs. So Cheryl was just reading. She just knew them. She just knew. And was just saying them correctly when the other girl was not. Yeah, and that's that visually freaks the girls out because they're like, uh, what the fuck is happening? Because all of a sudden, I mean, she's just looking out a window yeah, and reciting it. And then all of a sudden she turns around and we get crazy face. Yeah. And then she like rises. Yeah. She floats up in the air and she's, her head's like moving around in a circle. And she does that, that scene I love where she's like, you have woken us from our eternal slumber. And then she just collapses. You will die. <laughs> yeah, you will die. <laughs> and she just falls, right? Yeah, like she nothing falls, like, on her face. Makes that happen. Yeah. Oh, it's just I mean not from anyone like intervening. No, or she just falls. It's just the demon re- releasing her down onto the ground, I guess. What was that? The demon releasing her to the ground or something. You gotta uh, be prepared if you're gonna hey, do this stuff. I didn't know you were gonna come up with it and I have to go. Demons or something. Come up with it, baby. The whole thing, the movie is about demons or something. Demons or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's on the ground, and the f- they're all looking at her like, "What the fuck?" And the first person to go up to her is not her brother. It's not Scotty, the other gentleman in the room. It's l- it's Linda. It's, it's, it's Ash's Linda. girlfriend. It's Ash's girlfriend. Yeah. Like, why is she the one who's going up there first? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then. Uh, Ash eventually comes up, and that's when you see Cheryl grabbing that pencil yeah. from the side, and then sits up in that scene that I fucking love, where she sits up really weird, and her arm's just like straight up next to her head, mm-hmm. and just rams that pencil into her ankle, and that scene is fucking brutal. It's she like twists brutal. it around, yeah. and like, ugh. And blood starts pouring out of it, and you know that the pencil broke off in there. It had to have. Yeah, it looked gross. Yeah. And that, it looked broken. That's yeah. After she pulls it out, she's mm-hmm. holding it still and she's gonna attack more people with the with the pencil. Yeah, you can't write with it any, anymore. <laughs> you can there's, write in blood. There's no longer a tip. No. Uh, that scene still to this day is so fucking effective. It's always been like I can't imagine anything going into my ankle, let alone twist it in there. It's a fucking piece of wood that you know it's not like a knife that you could have just once you pulled it out, the knife is Still in one Clean. piece. Clean, yeah. It's a fucking... There's a chunk of graphite and wood stuck in your fucking ankle. Even though it's obviously not her real ankle. Well, that's a real ankle. It's just the the pencil is just flat, and they're just moving it on her ankle. and just moving it around. Oh, I thought that there was, like, latex or something that they were cutting into. That, that part looked like it was just the trick of... A quick stab. Like in movies, they'll take a flat end of something and it's just so quick, the scene. And so when you put it on somebody, it looks like it went into them even though there was never a tip. Mm-hmm. And then you just move it around and you just press on it so it looks like it's in your flesh. So they probably probably put a piece of rubber on the end of it to not fuck her up all the way. Okay. But there's definitely blood. And I'm sure the blood is tubed through the pencil on the underside and the oh. blood's pouring out of that. That's, okay. how, that's how movie knives work. The blood is actually up your arm into the knife. 
and it's pumping out of that. I really thought that there was more happening with I, that ankle. I could be wrong, but the, the way it looked to me, that looked like her real ankle. But that, like I said, that part is fucking brutal. And then Cheryl's just smacking people to the side with the strength that she's never had before when she's she just smacks Bruce and or Ash, I keep saying Bruce, into that bookshelf, the first bookshelf that he falls into, which must be the hell, heaviest shelves in the world because when they land on him, Every time he acts like he can't move the yeah. simple planks of wood. Well, I think that they used to actually make bookshelves out of wood, where now it's like the particle board. The particle boards. Yeah. So they actually were heavier yeah. than they are now. I'll give you that. But still, I think you could be able to just be like, get this off me. Well, and I wonder if off. that was also to kind of go with the idea that in the beginning, you were supposed to see Ash as kind of weaker. Yeah, absolutely. He was not the one who was going to step up and take care of stuff. Yeah. And his movie character or his character in this movie is completely different from Evil Dead 2, from Army of Darkness, from any of the video games, from any of the show Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. He becomes... He becomes like a caricature of himself. Absolutely. He's like a one-liner spouting machismo kind of guy. He's like a, a an innocent boy. Yeah, and this one, he's very innocent. And then... Except that he's getting poontang for, with necklaces. <laughs> magnifying lens. Magna, magnifying glass necklaces. That was very 80s new wave sounding of you. <laughs> Thank you. And then I like this scene where Scotty kicks her into the cellar. Mm-hmm. And then... She's trying to get out, and he's got the axe, and he's just hitting her in the head with the butt, like the end of, not the axe part, but the wooden yeah. handle part. And you can tell it's just a head that they made of Cheryl <laughs> on a stick, and they're just like bobbing it up and down. <laughs> I love shit like that. I, I almost prefer real effects, even if it looks fake as fuck, than like over... Uh, Practical is always CG. better. I'd just much rather it look fake. But real in the moment, it's it's a real thing that's really right there, and they're really seeing and really hitting. I'd much rather have that. CGI always still looks like CGI. Yeah, absolutely. Although there's a lot of CGI that you can't even tell that's there. It's when they're trying to make like a whole character out of it, or the whole monster, or something like that. The CGI you can't mm-hmm. tell is like when they change the outside of a building, or like add a sign onto something, or add some lights, or stuff yeah. like that. That shit you can never tell. But, but or it's like a moving character. Yeah, but when it's like the Hulk, even though it looks amazing and the computer graphics, it's come a very, very long way, it still just looks like a fucking cartoon. And when you, yeah, when you cut it in with reality. Yeah, it still just looks like a cartoon. It's still, yeah. But in the side note of that, you couldn't make any of these Marvel movies with practical effects. That's why it's never been done well until now. It's... Now is the time for movies like that. Mm-hmm. If you like whether, movies like that. Whether you like them or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I love this scene, too. Once Scotty's got her in the cellar and he chains up the door and he's just sitting on it mm-hmm. and he just keeps getting lifted up in the air mm-hmm. and he's just like looking in terror like, how the fuck is she able to... Because this was little tiny Cheryl. Yeah. How the fuck is this happening? Love that scene. There's little scenes like that, like the, the chair hitting into the wall where it's just effective. Didn't take much. You just see the terror on Scotty's face. It's just, I think it's just very clever filmmaking. And even in that book, uh, If Chins Could Kill, <laughs> they said that Sam Raimi, like, 
upped his game on this movie. Like they had made so many Super 8 films, like hundreds of them, where Bruce was always the star and it was always schlocky and goofy and over the top. Mm-hmm. They said that in this one, Sam really was like, no, I'm doing very artistic angles. I'm, I'm doing things better than I ever have done. Which I guess you would have to if it's your first movie. You don't want to fucking yeah, take you, it easy and do a worse job. You definitely want to step your game up. That's for sure. Uh, so they've got Cheryl down in the cellar. Cheryl's in the cellar. Locked in the cellar. And the, they're going to take Linda to go to sleep. Like, Let's get you some rest. Yeah, so she gets tucked into bed. I could not fucking sleep if I just saw what I just saw. And I've had a pencil rammed into my ankle. You'd have to dope me up so hard for me to fall asleep. And she's going to be in pain. Yeah, horrible pain. Like emotionally and <laughs> physical. Not, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm not going to fucking bed. You need to see that demon bitch running around. Someone needs <laughs> to try and find a first aid kit in this goddamn cabin. Yeah, they don't even Yeah, they don't even show any of that. Like it's just straight to bed. Just put her in bed. Uh and then what do we get? We get the the Shelly possession mm-hmm. eventually. Because Shelly's like she does the whole line where it's like, her eyes, what happened to her eyes? And then he's like, Scotty says, you know, let's get you to bed. Let's get you some rest. Which I would, all, even if I didn't have my ankle stabbed, I'm not going to fucking bed at this point. Yeah, there's too much craziness going it's on. Super craziness going on. I mean, you just saw Cheryl float in the fucking air. Her whole face changed. Mm-hmm. She just stabbed your friend in the ankle. She just... Smacked men across the room with just ease, and they flew across the room. Really, maybe it's just the idea of, like, you go by yourself, which is weird, and uh, cool off. Yeah. and Calm down. I would never be by myself at this point, either. No, we are all in a group. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be by myself at all. And then that's when she gets possessed. They do that ram cam. where It's like something burst through the window. Yeah, and the way they did that is they just had a guy with a a pole that had an L shape on the end of it above the camera. So it broke the window before oh. the camera went through. Okay. They called it the Ramo cam <laughs> in that book. Bruce like draws out diagrams of what things look like. And are those like porno cameras too? Yeah. That's the Ramo cam. <laughs> and then. Yeah. Cause this- she, Shelly is going after Scotty now. Cause she's now possessed. Yeah. When he goes looking for her and you get that scene where, he opens up the shower curtain and you see, I don't know if you noticed this, but he opens up the shower curtain and the wallpaper looks like literal construction paper that has just been taped up. Like you can see the ends and there's parts that are folding out. Hmm. I think I read at one point that that was a scene that they filmed after and they didn't have the same yellow wallpaper that was in the rest of that room. So Sam was just like, hey, let's just buy yellow paper and tape it up in my bathroom. And that's how they got that scene. Wow. I might be wrong, but I feel like I remembered... I need to oil this thing, like you said. My yeah, microphone stand. For sure. Uh, and then that scene is really funny when Shelly actually comes out and she g- runs nails down his face and blood's just pouring out of his head and he's getting get that weird scene where his eye is looking over. He's just like... <laughs> yeah. There's no scratches, really. It's just her running her nails over his face and they're just literally just pouring blood down his head. But, you know, you got to be practical on these things. I understand. But I think it's funny because Scotty's like, why are you trying to kill me, Shelly? Didn't I teenage fuck you good? <laughs> See, I feel like they're in their 20s. I, my guess is like 19. Are they college kids? 
I feel like they're in their 20s because Bruce seems like the older brother, and I think that Cheryl's around 18 or 19. Hmm. But I don't know if this is a time where you had to be 21 to buy alcohol either because they obviously have booze. Not that you couldn't get someone to buy it for you or that a lot of people just sell to minors. But I feel like they're in their early 20s. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It definitely looks like, I mean, they're at the end of their teenage years, if that's the case. Yeah. Like, they definitely look like young adults. Absolutely. And then this part's funny because when Scott, Scotty busts through the room and Shelly's just like on him like a monkey. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And then he knocks her into the fire in that scene where her head's just in the fire pit. <laughs> she's just, she's not doing anything about it. She's obviously very capable of getting up, but she just stays in the flames, which I think is a masochism part. I think the demons like that they're torturing the flesh of the inhabitant that they're in. Mm-hmm. And I love this scene where he pulls her out and she's like, thank you for removing my face from those hot coals, burning my pretty flesh. <laughs> you have pretty skin. Give it to us. And then grabs him. <laughs> That's so I weird. love that fucking scene. I've always <laughs> loved that fucking scene. And then he, he, this is the first instance of that knife that you see, the Kondarian knife. Mm-hmm. And he, he, she takes it to like stab him and he's holding her hand and he takes his knife and he cuts into her hand and she bites the rest of her own hand off. It's so weird. Yeah. And everyone is just like shocked just in the watching. movie. They're yeah. just like, what is happening? And that would be very fucked up. Like it was a whole new level of fucked up. Like it's crazy yeah. that it was happening, but yeah. that like it got weird. I think it was a whole new level of fucked up in cinema in general. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm used to gore now. Like it was really nothing, but if you're not used to seeing such intense gore, that would be like, what the fuck? She's just chewing her own hand off? And then Scotty picks it up and stabs her in the back. And then she's like, and acts like that knife does something, which never like it's is more really, than just a weapon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never really explained. And it's never really explored in the later movies it completely changes its look in the second film it's like a spine is the handle and stuff would it have been like blessed or something it feels like it's a demon knife to take out demons like because it obviously affects her the hand cut i mean i don't it hurt her the demon but i think it was just now it's time to fuck with your guys's brain and watch me bite the rest of this hand off but when he uses the actual demon knife it like it seems to affect her in a way because smoke starts coming out and she's like, and you start seeing all that Scotty milk inside of Shelly's belly coming out when she gets stabbed. Oh, that's right. Cause she lands on the floor and then like milk starts coming out of her arm and milk coming out of her mouth. Yeah. So all that semen that Scotty put in her is coming out, but so that's what it is. (laughs) It's Scotty milk, but Scotty milk, but it obviously doesn't do anything intense because she gets right back up Mm -hmm. and then usually that would like signify that something serious is happening like a weird color or substance coming out yeah and but then scotty's like axe or ash is holding the axe and he's like hit her hit her hit it hit it which i love that scene because he starts with her Mm -hmm. and then ends with no it's not even her anymore just hit it i like that too yeah and then he won't do it and scotty takes that axe and just starts going to fucking town which i want to bring this up he completely dismembers her bodily dismemberment as we heard earlier in the movie 
That is what kills the demons. Yes. But Scotty did not hear that. No, Ash was listening oh, with headphones. Yeah, he was only Ash heard that. So Or he went back to re-listen to it. Maybe, which is a very good point. At this point, I would go back and listen to that take. Obviously, this had something to do with it. Especially, the guy brings up demons. Let's listen to what fucking happened. And Cher wanted it turned off. Yeah. So there may have been more to it. Yeah, that's right. There might have been an explanation or something. But still, we it, it seems like Scotty never heard that. No. So he just, Scotty just lost his he mind. He just lost his mind. It's like, I'm going to dismember this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't even know that that's the key to killing the demon. But it happened. And I want to bring up at this point, while he's chopping her to bits, Mr. Adam Cutter and I shared... Uh, we were in ceramics class with each other in high school. We were allowed to bring in movies to watch, and Adam brought in this movie one day to watch, and we're watching Evil Dead. We're really the only ones paying attention to it, because it was filled with girls mostly who thought we were fucking disgusting. Well, I mean, you do see a boob when uh, Cheryl gets raped by the tree. Yeah, he gets that boob and some Shelly boobs. Mm Mm-hmm. We're watching it. Teacher's not paying attention. Nobody's paying attention. Adam and I are fucking enthralled because we love this movie. And our principal, her vice principal at the time. It was the assistant, but she was the disciplinarian. Yes. Her name was Miss Prentice? Preston. Preston. She walks in exactly when all this dismemberment is happening. There's blood flying everywhere. You're seeing arms getting chopped off. She's screaming, you know, it's like, no, no, no. She walks in. She looks up in the corner where the TV is mounted and she goes, uh, what are, what are we watching today? And Adam and I very proudly were like, the evil dad. <laughs> <laughs> and she just goes, all right. And doesn't do a fucking thing about it. And I'm still shocked to this day that she didn't make a shut it off immediately. One, she probably didn't know what it was. Two, she probably trusted the teacher that she would have made sure that it was appropriate. And understood that it was art. <laughs> Maybe it was just like, I guess this is an art, like an extra art class. Maybe. But couldn't she have walked in at any other moment, like when nothing is going on? She literally walked in when the dismemberment scene is happening. And it's like one of the bloodiest parts. It's fucking crazy. But we got away with it. We didn't stop it. And we watched the rest of it. And Adam and I didn't do a fucking thing in that period. We just watched the <laughs> well, watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, she... Her and Adam got into it one time over a, a thing the that he teacher? wanted to make. Yep. It wasn't a bong, if that's what you're thinking. He made a, a vase, and he wanted to write... Uh, I can't remember. It was something... It was some guar lyric, and it was like a picture of the globe with a strap of dynamite tied to it. And she would not let that happen, and Adam was fucking pissed. Eventually just made it blank and then took it home and painted it on himself and just <laughs> still got his way. Ridiculous. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Don't let the man censor you. So where are we at here? Shelly's dead. Shelly's dead. She's on pieces on the floor squirming. Cheryl's in the cellar. Cheryl's in the cellar. Ash goes to check on Linda. Speaking of the cellar and Cheryl in there, this is the scene where he has put Linda to bed. He comes out. Or no, no, she's already in bed. Oh, Scotty and uh, Ash gather up the pieces of Shelly and put her in that bed sheet, and they take her outside to bury her. That's, and yeah. as they're coming back in, Shelly looks at her brother and says this. 
soon, all of you will be like me. And then who will lock you up in the cellar? I fucking love that part. I've, I've been saying that for years. Then who will lock you up in the cellar? It's just a, it's a very funny way for the demons to be fucking with him still. It's like the whole thing, too. They're fucking with him the whole time, mentally and physically. Let's see. So, But he does go inside and he checks on Linda because he wants to make sure that she's doing okay. She's in there resting. I, he hasn't checked on her yet. Scotty's like, I'm getting out of here. And then Ash is like, we can't leave, Scott. Linda can barely walk. And he's like, well, we'll leave her then. Because he does he walk out the door? He's starting to walk out the door, and he's like, "Well, we'll leave her then." He's like, "We can't leave her." He's like, "We can, we can come back tomorrow with help, and uh, it'll be fine." And he's like, "We can't do that." And Scotty shows his true colors, which we've already known. Scotty's a dick here. Oh yeah. And he says, "He's like, well, I don't care about her. I'm getting the fuck out of here." And he's just, he's done. He's gonna take off. Mm-hmm. And he does take off. And then. A few minutes go by, and Scotty comes back, and he's super fucked up. Like the, it seems like the woods. They went after him and tried to rape him, him too. too. I'm wondering if they did. His clothes are still intact, but maybe they just pulled his britches down and went to his town britches. on his butthole. <laughs> he's in tatters though. Maybe they mess you up bodily in your asshole by putting a dick in it. <laughs> So out of nowhere the other day, I just put on the original Scared Straight. It was uh, on my YouTube. It was recommended. And I was like, sure, 19, what was it, like 78 or something, Scared Straight. And we watched the whole thing. Yes, we did. It and was the narrated follow-up, by uh, who? Well, uh, Danny Glover narrated. No, no. It was originally Peter Falk. Peter Falk, yeah. And then, which is hilarious. Uh, this, is, this is people being bad. That googly-eyed motherfucker. <laughs> and... Um, and then, it, but it was actually like a 1998 version where uh, it was. It's like a where are they now, basically. Yeah. Danny Glover, like, had everyone say, like, if they're still in jail and what their lives have been like since. And most of the people were not in jail. Were not in jail. The one guy died mm-hmm, from a drug overdose. I think that so. Guy, well, the guy who looked like. Uh, oh, my God. I used to do drugs, and I still do too. Mitch, Mitch Hedfield. Hedberg. He- Hedfield. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedfield. He, uh, he, there was a guy who looked just like him. Yeah. He was like, because all the the black guys were really angry, and the white guys were like, man, dude. like. Yeah, the black guys were always like... Spitting in their Sit faces. The fuck and you fuck fucking Get the fuck down, motherfucker! And they just, most of what they warned them is when you go to jail... You're gonna get... You're gonna get raped. Yeah. And you're then, gonna be someone's bitch. And then... The first, uh, the one of the white dudes, and it, he was the scariest one. Like out of all the other guys yelling at the top of their lungs and like calling them motherfuckers and stuff, this guy got in the face of one of them and he was like, "I'm gonna need you to listen, all right? Because if you don't, I'm gonna have to hurt you. You understand?" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that's way scarier than just being yelled at." Because that guy, he fucking means it. But then most of the the inmates got out too. Yeah. Most of them, but then that one guy came back and was like, one of the students, that, one of the kids that went, ended up in prison, and then he went and visited him in prison and was like, man, you got to get yourself out of here and get your life straight. And then like four years later, that guy was back in prison, and then they met each other in prison. And then he was just like, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell you the tell you <laughs> stuff when I'm sitting here with yeah. you too. He's like, 
I'm surprised to see you in here. And then the other kid goes, yeah, I'm surprised to see you too. <laughs> so Scotty's fucked up. Scotty's fucked up. He's and dying. now Ash officially goes to check on Linda. Well, I want to bring this up first. When <laughs> Scotty is dying and he's like, Scotty, what happened? Scotty, wake up. And he's like, manhandling Scotty and slaps him a couple times. See, none of this has happened yet. Yes, it has. No, because when he is helping Scotty sit down, they walk past Linda, uh, who is on her knees. Okay. So, I'm please, wrong. for the hundred thousandth fucking time, no. Ash checked on Linda <laughs> to see if she was okay, and for whatever reason, he felt like he needed to pull up the blanket to check her wound, and as soon yeah. as he did, it, like, black spider web up her leg and then she just turned yeah. possessed it was like animation there was almost like claymation where you could tell they just drew little sections more of the black but and she took the shot so but she wasn't really as didn't seem as concerned with fucking them up because when scotty burst through the door she's just sitting on her knees in that room she's like come in and she's just like sitting on her knees on the floor as he's helping Scotty to, as Ash is helping Scotty to the couch because he's wounded. And she's just laughing. And she's just laughing the whole time with all this like clown makeup on. (laughs) Yeah, she's not coming after them yet. I mean... And she looks like a girl we both know. And once I told Michelle, she could not see it anymore. But what was interesting when the conversation was happening back and forth between Scotty and Ash, um, it kind of pans back a little bit and you see that there is one there's a classic fish on a plaque nailed to the wall and i personally think that it would be funny if all of a sudden during ash telling scotty that everything will be okay the fish on the wall turned its head toward the camera and started singing don't worry be happy here's a little song i wrote you might want to sing it note for note we had one of those fucking things it did that song and then it did a wasn't it? It was take me to take the river. Me to the river, <laughs> drop me in the water. Oh my god! So when you're talking Billy about, Bass, yeah, Billy Bass. Uh, when you're talking about Linda and she's just laughing and she's almost just taunting him. Yeah, she's just sitting there. She's not coming after them or anything. This is the first time I thought, like, why isn't she attacking? Like, and why were yet. they ignoring her? They were just having that conversation yeah, while true. she was there, and they weren't even like worried about her, yeah. which I thought was weird. So I think this is the first time I thought about it that it seems like the demons that are they're separate demons have their own demon personalities. There's the super violent ones, and then there's the ones that like to tear you down mentally first before they're going to attack you because Linda does attack eventually. So there are many different personalities from many different demons or something. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> and then he thinks Scotty, he leaves Scotty alone because he's got to deal with Linda. And he's like, shut up, shut up. And he like backhands her and then he fronthands her and then he backhands her again. The way that you're supposed to treat a woman. Absolutely. And then she puts her head down <clears throat> And then it's the old classic trick where she comes back up and she looks normal again. And she's like, Ash, what happened? Blah, 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 blah. And then Ash falls for it and she gets up and she's still normal. And then you hear Cheryl in the cellar like, Ash, it's your sister. I'm all right. I'm all right now. And then that fucking idiot's going to go unlock the cellar without looking. Like he gets the key out. Well, and also because Linda looks up. And she yeah, looks she, normal too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that happened. Linda happened, and then Cheryl. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. I was backwards. <clears throat> and then 
he's gonna he's gonna lock the fucking cellar. And then Cheryl, I don't know why you would do this. I don't know why you just wait wouldn't wait for him to unlock the cellar. She just bursts her hand through the floor and grabs Ash and like you see that scene where her thumb goes into Ash's mouth. Yeah, horror lo- movies love putting fingers in mouths <laughs> just to gross me out. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty gross. But that part is so funny because she's already said the it's me, it's your sister, Cheryl. And then as she's attacking Ash and putting her fucking thumb in the mouth, she says this. Right now, it's your sister, Cheryl. <laughs> I love that part. I've been walking around today just going, it's your sister, Sarah. Cheryl? <clears throat> Cheryl. Cheryl. But he does get away from her. Yeah, he does, which I want to bring this up to. If she can burst through the floor like that, why can't she just burst through the cellar or any other part of the floor or do that again and just get out? Mind games and um, they're working together. I mean, they're different demons or something, so they're all working together. Demons or something. And then he drags Linda outside because he's just tired of hearing her and just puts her outside while she's not, she hasn't been dismembered. She hasn't been. No, he just grabs her by her feet and, and pulls just, her out. She's just laughing the whole she time. She drags her out. And then I like that part too because as she's being dragged out, she's like, uh, oh, fuck, what did she say? She says something about, like, we'll take him next, and then we'll come for you. So she's already saying, like, Ash, you're last. Mm-hmm. You're fucking last. Which I, I wondered for the first time ever, why is there an order of things? And I really think it's a mental thing. I think it's you got to break walls down first to possess them. Like... Uh, Cheryl was already super fucked up from the woods. She's already on edge. Mm-hmm. She's. She, I already think she was kind of a neurotic person anyway. And so she was easiest to possess first. And then it fucked Linda up. Or fucked, uh, not Linda. Sh- Shelly. Her mind's already fucking gone. So then she was next. And then Linda, I think Linda or Sh- Shelly could have been, they could have been either one was mm-hmm. next. And then later when Scotty gets possessed, I mean, he's fucking basically dead. Yeah, he's just dying on the couch right now while these other things are happening. Yeah. So uh, that was the first time I ever thought about why is this? Why is there an order to these things? Besides the fact that Bruce Campbell is the star and he's got to be the last one to go. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Ash handles, man handles Scotty as he's dying. And then so uh, I don't Linda know. comes back in. How does she get back in? I think she may just kind of burst through the door. I'm not sure because then there is that altercation and that uh, sword is brought back into it. Oh, and she holds it. The demon, the Kandarian knife. And she is holding it normal at first. Yeah. And then she like specifically grabs it in a weird way, like holds it backwards. Holds it on the blade? (laughs) But holds it like backwards on the blade and then like holds it up. Do you think that that was her choice or do you think that the director was like, now you're going to get weird? I don't know. I'd almost say Sam Raimi had to make that choice because, I mean, you're the director. You don't, I I don't know. Because I've always thought that, like, why the fuck is she holding it like that? It just seems like even like an actor's choice. If it was something weird that they did that he like liked and wanted to keep in, like it's just yeah. weird for anyone to, in my mind, to have the idea that that's like the way to do it. Yeah, it was very, very strange. Unless she's just hoping to cut her hand at the same time because, you know, it seems to me like the demons, like I said, like to cause bodily harm mm-hmm. to the thing they've possessed. They, they get off on it, it seems. Yeah. but you know, Which is expounded upon in the remake. In the remake, 
the demon literally looks in the mirror and like cuts part of its face off and mm-hmm. stuff. But she did um, get stabbed, and she did With the Kandarian knife, and she spewed milk. Yep, there's always milk in this. It's easy because I'm assuming that everyone who was hooked up was that Scotty milk though. No, it was ashy milk. <laughs> because the only one who's not spewing milk is the fifth wheel who didn't come there with a man <laughs> who came true. in her. <laughs> so we get more milk. And then she's been stabbed. <clears throat> and I think Ash finally realizes, like, I have to, because he heard the thing. I got a bodily dismemberment, mm-hmm. this thing. And he drags her out to the shed and he ties her up on those chains. And the chains make those very odd clacking sounds when he puts yeah. them on. <clears throat> and he grabs the chainsaw, which you didn't know that it wasn't in this movie. He cuts his own hand off. Um, did you think at that point the hand is going to happen Cl- soon at least? Something like that, because I assumed, yeah. And the chainsaw turns on with a switch, which I've never seen before. Well, and ever. I tried to do some research about it, and there are some that required you to flip a switch before you cranked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's like a kill switch. But you never see an actual crank happen. It looks like he just flips a switch and turns a chainsaw <laughs> on. And I, if it exists, if someone can look deeper than I did and find a switch-powered chainsaw, yeah, that would be nuts. That just doesn't seem like it can exist. No. Because you can't just flip a switch for a lawnmower. You still have to crank it, right? There are some that you can't. <clears throat> okay. I don't know if they're gas-powered, though. That's the thing. With gas-powered stuff, you usually have to get the like move the move liquid through the it. Crank. You got to move the whatever the spinning shaft part of it is, because then that starts. It makes the spark happen, and then it starts firing. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that could be done. And this reminds me of a story of the movie Hatchet. There's a scene in that where there's a gas-powered belt sander. And people bitched about it. Like, there's no gas-powered belt sander. What the fuck are you doing? Because he just runs up and sands a girl's face with it. Yeah. They made a working gas-powered sander in that movie. They knew they didn't exist, but they wanted this scene. And he was like, look, if you can make it real and actually work, then we're fucking using it. Because I can say back to people, might not exist, but it's possible because we fucking made it. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. So he does drag, he, he, he does this whole thing and he looks down and he sees the necklace on Linda still. Yes, the magnifying glass. The goddamn necklace. <laughs> so then it. it like humanizes her again, even though she looks normal. She looks like herself. He's just like, it like signified the love that he had for her. Yeah. He so can't dismember her. So he can't just do that. So he decides to just take her out and bury her. And one thing that I think is so neat. Yeah. Neat. I do. Is that when he, there's a shot that he has dug the grave and then he like, he drops the shovel and then he steps over the grave to bury Linda's dumbass. Yeah. And I really like the shot. It's a very interesting shot from like kind of down below and he steps over the hole that he dug. Yeah. You know what I think is neat about this scene? I don't know if you noticed it. You know how, I don't know if you remember earlier when he gives her the necklace and he's pretending to be asleep. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where it shows his eyes and they open up to see if she's looking and then she looks over and his eyes are closed. Yeah. They're playing eye games. That's called up later when he's digging the grave. And Linda opens, opens her, eyes. her eyes and then he looks back and she's closed them again. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a neat 
way to call back to something or to bring up the love thing that there's that she's still even playing lovey games with him. That's how she gets in his head. And then it's very strange to me because she lets herself be buried. See, and this is part of, yeah. So I think that it's interesting in movies when they do take the time to play the mental games, when she clearly had the capability the entire time while he was digging the grave, while he wasn't looking to just attack him. Yeah, easily. Like, it seems like if, if they have all of this power... Why are they taking all the time to play these mental games if they have the physicality to just go fucking balls out? Yeah. I don't know. Because, like I said, she just she's buried. And then, then her hand comes out of the grave. But I guess I'm talking about even before he puts her in the hole. Like, when he's digging the hole, oh, her yeah, body is just up. laying there in, yeah. the, in the dirt well, we know the she's, whole time. She, we know she's there because she keeps opening her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just weird. I don't yeah, understand yeah, that part is weird. the choice. Juts her hand out through the grave and grabs his leg and starts scratching mm-hmm. his leg oh, open. Tearing it up. Which is another part that, like, I think is still effective. Like, you don't see the scratches really happen, but you just see the blood pouring out of his leg. Mm-hmm. And I know that Paul fucked me up last night with his claws, and it hurt. Mm-hmm. So I imagine just getting your leg torn into by nails just repeatedly mm-hmm. would be fucking awful. Especially with the new style that a lot of ladies have. Have you seen the nails, how, like, uh-huh. they don't curve? They, like, come to a point? Oh, like witch nails? Yeah. They're, they're, like, long, and they come to a point. I gotta say this. Most fashions that ladies subscribe to are always fucking dumb. I agree. I completely agree. That's I, that's a thing I love about you, that you don't subscribe to trends. You're just you're just you. You wear what you like, and you're not like, oh, the girls are wearing their nails like this now? Like, ugh, come the fuck on. Yeah, I've never gotten my nails done. They look so stupid. <laughs> Plus, they're nails. They're going to fucking break. They're, they're not supposed to be like that. Get them the fuck out of the way. It's because people who have nails like that don't do anything. Ah, gotcha. Can you imagine somebody with nails like that making your like, pizza or something? Ugh, it's giving me the fucking heebie-jeebies thinking about it. So, but they are, she brings him to the ground and they are wrestling. Yeah. And then you get to see that, that piece of wood that's obviously made of foam that he's hitting her in the head with and it like breaks in the middle and he's just got to hold it together still so you can see it's a big beam still. Mm-hmm. Read a funny part about that. Apparently, it was Sam Raimi and Ash taking turns or Bruce Campbell off camera hitting that actress in the head with him. Mm -hmm. And Bruce would do it light and normal. And Sam would just come in and fucking whack her. And after about three times, she fucking bitched Sam Raimi out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop hitting me like that. Well, and this might be the reason why. Because I don't think there's going to be anything that specifically brings us back to what we wanted to talk about and what we had learned about. Fake shimps. Under certain conditions... Uh, there were many fake shimps that were used, and we learned what fake shimps were in the ori- the origin. Yes, and I think it's interesting. Yeah, because like most of the demons as girls were played by men, mm-hmm. and what a fake shimp is is and so, apparently two of there was Ted Raimi and Ivan Raimi who yeah. played, but there were a lot. There two were like eighteen, uh, I think, credited shimps. And Rob Tappert, who's the producer. I think Rob Tappert plays Scotty at the end when Scotty gets possessed because mm-hmm. he does not look the same. 
His hair is like weird. It looks like a wig, like a gray wig. Mm-hmm. But I'm skipping ahead. But yeah, the whole fake Shemp thing. I mean, we can talk about Crispin Glover too. Mm-hmm. That I guess it was happening in Hollywood before the Three Stooges. But Sam Raimi coined the term fake Shemp. And now it's like a movie term yeah so everyone uses shemp was one of the three stooges for those who don't know who passed away and for curly and they wanted to get someone else in there real quick who kind of like looked like him because they were contracted to do like four more little films so they needed somebody to fill in sections that were not filmed yet and the guy that they got looks kind of like him but not enough and i guess sam and uh ted and rob tappert and Bruce used to sit around and watch Three Stooges movies and prided themselves in being like, okay, there's the fake champ. There's fake champ. There's fake champ. Yeah. Which is nerd city. <laughs> so so he, which is interesting that he, Sam Raimi, as you said, coined the term fake champ, and it is a Hollywood term now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Too. So I think that's neat. Yeah. And then what, Crispin Glover like made it almost not oh my god to happen. so because of uh crispin glover is why it's it's like a thing now because if you know anything about the back to the future movies and we talked about it a little bit on his episode because there was some confusion crispin glover was in the first one he was not in the second one but there were some like outtakes i guess that were used and then oh. someone who was made to like to completely like take on his likeness. It wasn't just an actor who looked like him in the second. They wore like prosthetics and stuff. Yeah, didn't they like redo his nose and his chin and stuff? Yeah, there were facial things that they did to specifically make him look like Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. So Crispin Glover then took them to court and there's like a clause now that you can't, unless someone agrees, you cannot like, yeah. all, like use their likeness. Essentially, you need to start fresh with someone else. Yeah, unless the what did it say? Unless the actor or the estate of the actor, since you're most likely they're dead. <clears throat> yeah, you have to agree. They have to agree to that. Then they can do the fake shipping. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's just something that's been added to contracts because of Crispin Glover fucking fighting them. Crispin Glover, that goddamn weirdo. But at the same time, I kind of get it because get it. if someone works to make money off of your likeness without using you when yeah. you're fully capable of doing it. That's shitty. Yeah, that is pretty shitty. And they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Absolutely. I agree. So, yeah, fake shimp, Sam Raimi, this movie. Um, Linda. <laughs> so he is fighting Linda. They're on the ground. Yeah. She scratched him. She took him down. They are fighting. He and beat her in the head with pieces of wood. And he decapitates that bitch. Yeah, and she, she like throws him on the ground and he... She jumps in that really funny scene mm-hmm. where she's just flying through the air. Yeah, I love he, scenes like that. And he takes that <laughs> shovel and just... Whoosh, just decapitates her with one fucking swipe. Mm-hmm. Which I want to bring up that shovel. That shovel is not meant for digging holes. It's a flat bladed shovel. That's for like shoveling coal. And shoveling necks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shoveling necks. And then the body lands on him and just spews blood out on his face and stuff. Yeah, there are multiple times in this movie where uh, Bruce Campbell... Just gets drenched. It's just torture time for him. And you can tell it's just Sam being like, this is my friend. I'm going to fuck with him. I like it. Yeah, it, it is. It happens multiple times where it's just like, this is an excessive amount of blood <laughs> in his face. And it, ha- yeah, because there's another, there's a time when a pipe bursts. Yeah, because they're in the, the basement. Yeah, because uh, Cheryl's busting out of the cellar at this time, too. They're doing cut scenes where mm-hmm. Cheryl's breaking the door and Cheryl gets out. 
Bruce decapitates her, not Cheryl, decapitates Linda, mm-hmm. goes back in the house, and then like weird things start. I love all these scenes where weird shit is just starting to fuck with him more. Mm-hmm. It's like the house is literally fucking with him. And you get these like weird Bruce Campbell face shots of his yeah. eyes and yeah. like you can tell that it's getting in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. When he goes downstairs and uh, that water <clears throat> pipes that were already leaking, it bursts open. It bursts and, and it's blood. Blood comes in. Straight in his face again. So <laughs> yeah. he just gets showered in the face. Yeah. That light bulb filling up with blood. I don't know how they fucking did that. I need to look that up. I'm sure someone figured it out. Uh-huh. But a light bulb relies on it being encased. It relies on the gas staying inside of the bulb. Uh-huh. So I don't know how the fuck they opened that bulb. Unless it just, the filament lasted long enough where they could just breach it. And the, cause the filaments, that's why the gas is in there. Filament will burn out too fast. Uh-huh. So the gas is kept inside the bulb to keep it from doing that. I love that scene. Cause I don't know how the fuck they did it. That projector starts playing and it's just looking at him. Then blood starts dripping on the mm-hmm. projector and it's just like a wall of blood. And then he goes upstairs and uh, he looks at the mirror. I love that mirror scene where he looks at the mirror and he goes to touch the mirror and his hand just goes through it like it's water. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, ah, ah. he just freaks out because his hand is actually <laughs> wet. Yeah. And I think it's the demons fucking with him to break down his mental state so they can possess him well that's what they do that's, that's what exactly demons what do. do and then this is just a, by this point it's just after the whole fucking uh, like fucking with his brain by this point it's just cheryl tr- getting trying to get back in the house she, to kill him yeah and then she does she does get back in the house get in and they are fighting and then and scotty sits up out of nowhere because he's possessed now too, oh god yeah like, and he sits up and he's all fucked up looking and then so they are going after him and he looks over and he sees the book the book is like partial it's like burning for some reason it's like close to yeah, the fire well, uh, because scotty is like smoking a little bit yeah there's smoke coming out of and scotty so is cheryl because the book got knocked off of the when cheryl like hit bruce or something ash he knocks over a table and then the book That's falls off the is. table and it lands near the fire okay so then the book is like getting caught on fire. And so that's why you see Scotty, you know, smoke coming out from smoke. underneath his shirt and stuff. And then he re- remembers that he has that fucking necklace. Yeah, because he's on the ground and they're like, Scotty's got his leg. He won't let him walk, crawl away. Cheryl's beating him with that fire poker, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking at this point, just stab him. Yeah. Just fucking kill him. Again, just <laughs> taking time. Yeah. And he is just throwing this fucking magnifying glass necklace. The necklace is has way too much importance in this movie. It does. It's, it's never brought up again in any of the other movies. <laughs> and uh, he is using it. He, he's throwing it at the book, which looks like he's trying to pull it out of the fire. Yeah. And um, it looks like he it never catches. No. Yet. And it also looks like the necklace gained about two feet in length yeah <laughs> and then all of a sudden uh scotty starts pulling him back away from it but then somehow luckily <laughs> the the necklace has caught the book pulls it back and he chucks that motherfucker into the fire yeah and i love this part because they all just stop yeah so everyone freezes a lot of smoke starts coming out like before yeah. it was just a little bit but now you really see it like billowing yeah. out of them and what i like is that it's like this computerized early, early 80s 
Like they start breaking down. It looks like claymation. Yeah. It looks like a fucking Peter Gabriel music yeah. video. Before that though, I love the scene when it first goes into the fire and Cheryl, it's just like, and it's oh, making like cracking yeah. noises and Cheryl's just like moving her head in weird ways. Like, And oh, then there's like fuck. this blue slime coming out of her mouth, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is weird and random that it's blue, yeah. but you know that it's bad and yeah. know that it's different because it's a weird colored substance coming out of someone's yeah. body yeah. like milk. <laughs> yeah. But then the claymation starts happening. Like you said, it's exactly like a Peter Gabriel thing. It's neat. It, it just starts thing. breaking. Everything starts breaking down yeah. in weird, interesting ways. Cream corn starts coming out of uh, Scotty's sleeve. Mm-hmm. You can tell her what looks weird that we can just go buy from the supermarket. Yeah. And this is all happening before, because this has been all night. And he, before everything was going down like this, he did say, because people wanted to leave, and he was like, just wait. It was like, it'll be like an hour or something. And then all of this madness goes down. Yeah. So then the sun starts to come up after yeah. everyone is now See, I wonder if since the broken clock, and beaten. Since the clock stops, I feel like time itself stops while all this is going on. It almost seems like if he wouldn't have thrown the uh, Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon, into the fire... I don't know if morning would have ever come for him. I feel like it was just, it's going to be night and terror until you're either all dead or we're dead. Like the demons are gone. I don't, I'm not going to say that's a fact, but the clock does stop at that time. And it seems like time stops from that moment on throughout the whole night. I never thought of it that way, but knowing how it ends... I don't think that that's the case. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it when they're starting to dig. Like, Scotty's pretty much a skeleton by now. Cream corn has come out. He's, like, <laughs> turned into mold for a second. Mm-hmm. And then it, Cheryl is degrading much slower than Scotty did, which I wonder if it's because Scotty was already dead and Cheryl never died. She just got possessed. Probably. And it was, like, showing her, and she's doing those weird, like, head movements and going... And then all of a sudden, just demon hands and arms just burst out of both Scotty and her chest. Like they're trying to fight their way out. Yeah, that part's awesome. I thought that was an interesting concept. I think that part's really cool. I think the demon arms look really good too. And then, of course, we gotta torture Bruce some more. Cheryl starts falling and like, as she's falling, the pieces just, she hits the ground and she just like splatters pretty much and all the pieces go all over Bruce Campbell's face and he's you get one last Bruce Campbell just like ah <laughs> just dr- and the th- it, knowing that it was freezing cold yeah sucks uh, in that book Bruce said that he eventually stopped warming himself up by the gas heaters because he was just like Fuck, makes it's sense just- I'm just going to be freezing all night mm-hmm. and just get used to it going back and forth is usually harder yeah. than just adjusting so then you think it's all good because it's like happy music. And the sun has come up. He's walking outside. Um, but then we get that classic demon cam. All of a sudden, <sighs> we find out it's it has nothing to do with the night. Nope, not in this movie. <laughs> Which I technically didn't in the beginning either because no. things were happening before they even made it to the house. Like I said, in Evil Dead 2, it definitely has something to do with it because he gets possessed in Evil Dead 2. Then he goes outside and then daylight happens and then he we, he's fine. But... At the end. Yeah, the, the, the demon or something. Demons or something. Goes through the entire house. I love that part. How it just bursts doors open and it's mm-hmm. just going through the whole house. It's like showing you. It's like the last final 
here was the cabin. Mm-hmm. This is what it actually looked like. This was the it's the first time you understand the layout of the cabin. So yeah, it bursts from the back through the cabin, through the front front door, and then Ash turns around and screams a yeah. beautiful scream. And it's if there is pretty good one thing that I will say about this movie as a whole, because technically the movie is over, it goes black. Yeah. People have really good screams in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Bruce's is awesome at the end. Mm-hmm. And it just stops, and you just assume that you assume that no one made is it. Fucking dead. Everyone, no one gets out alive. Yeah, is is it's definitely cool. the idea. Pretty cool. And that's the movie. That is the movie. That is the Evil Dead. We did it. We are done with that part, and then the next part is the part of the podcast where we ask some questions. <laughs> We ask some questions on this part. Questions for you and me. Statements are something. Okay. <laughs> so, Sam, why did you choose this? Because Tom Jeffries gave me the idea, and I love this fucking movie. I still love this fucking movie. I, yeah. What do you think I thought when you told me that this is what we were watching? Uh, I don't know. I think you're probably pretty indifferent, really. Yeah. I think anymore it's just becoming indifferent unless it's like I say ICP. Well, and I technically <laughs> did see part of it when you guys uh, had yeah. a show where you played a movie afterwards. Was it mm, a Halloween show? No, that was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We watched it in the Gibson Theater because Kent had a key because he... <gasps> That's what that was. Yeah, Kent had a key because he could... Uh, he was he was the janitor. He would clean it up at night, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a DVD player to play the ads before the movies. And we figured we we're like, wait a minute, if they can put that DVD in there, we can put any fucking DVD in. That's there. right. So me, you, Kent, and his uh, his wife at that time, uh, we all went into the Gibson Theater and all by ourselves at like midnight. I and forgot just about that. Watched The Evil Dead, and uh, I think all of us eventually fell asleep. Oh, really? Yeah. Because we were smoking pot <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, Kim. Um, He's not listening to us. No, he's not. What was my judgment prior to watching this? Um, I would say indifference. But I, I was just kind of... I, 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 do, I was kind of like, okay, another horror movie. But, I mean, that's how... That's what happens with you. That's what's going to be most of my movies. But I didn't really know a lot of what to expect, even though I've technically seen it before. And there were familiarities, and I knew the whole thing about the girl getting raped by a tree in it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't have... it. I wasn't, like, bummed or anything. Yeah. Um, we watched it twice. We always watch things twice. Twice. Um, Sam, do you know who your least favorite character is in the movie? My least favorite character is Scotty. Scotty's a dick. He's a fucking dick, and I never realized how much of a dick he was until I watched it this time. Yeah, Scotty is definitely my least favorite character, too. Yeah. And he is just... He's kind of relentless. He he goes after, like, Cheryl's weaknesses. Yeah, yeah he's, and, a, he's and a fucking dick. taunts. He <laughs> yeah. taunts people. So, he's, I, yeah, he's, he's the worst. He's the kind of guy that you would just be like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, most favorite character? My most favorite character is... I know! It's your sister, Cheryl! Cheryl is my favorite character. Really? In this movie. Not Cheryl as the human, Cheryl as the demon. When she's possessed, the things she says like that, and the, who will lock you up in the cellar? And just let's be serious, though. Brutal. Her huh? possession is your favorite part. <laughs> God. 
That's not why she got possessed, Michelle. <laughs> the rape isn't the possession. You don't think that that had a part of I it? I think because that had a part in breaking down her mental wall. I think that the wood seems to have an effect because when Linda's ankle was stabbed, that was what like transferred the possession to her, it seemed. I don't think so. I think that was just uh, him seeing it and sh- just fucking with his brain. I don't think the possession happened from the pencil stab or from that wound. I think... They've got to have their mental walls broken down for the demon to get in. And sometimes it takes wood to help break down those mental walls. Whether it's a rape or a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) So my most favorite character of the movie is the guy who I think that you root for the whole time. It's Ash. It's Ash Williams. He's my second. The whole idea of the movie, you're set up to root for him because he's, he's weaker and then he seems like he's going to be the sole survivor. Yeah. He's the one who Cheryl leans on yeah. when she's weak. He's the one who Linda leans on. He's yep. the one who Scotty comes to. Yep. He's he's essentially the brains. He uh-huh. might not be the person who's going to shoot the gun. He's not going to shoot fucking uh, Shelly. And Scotty might have to take the gun and the axe. or the axe. I'm sorry, and and take that into his own hands. But in the end. Yeah, Ash. And it's, I, he actually seems like he would have been a good guy too. Mm-hmm. Just out in life in general, he would have been like, he's he's got a good look to him. He's nice. He's, he's he tries to be funny. Yeah, he never does anything that seems that makes me dislike him. Absolutely. So. And then he becomes a dick later. <laughs> yeah. And then by I the don't... third one, he's like, give me some sugar, mama. But I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. We're just talking about this movie, so. Uh, I have a feeling my opinion may have changed if we did a different movie. Yeah. Oh, in, in the series. we're going to get through all three of them. Don't you worry. <laughs> how old were you when you first watched this? Uh, let's see. I'm going to guess. Well, how old are you in eighth grade? 14? 13, 14? I was probably like our 13. nephew Hayden's age is when I first saw this. I remember He's 14, so you would have been 13. I remember Kent. You were Robert's age. I remember Ken had already seen it and he knew I was going to fucking love it and he brought it over and uh, we watched it in that back room and I fucking loved it and then we got in a water fight with like cups of water. Of course you did. And then my mom came home and found that the walls were soaked with water and she got very angry. Which I understand completely now. If I came home and there's water all over my walls, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? So yeah. The walls are there to keep the water on the outside on the other side. (laughs) And uh, Aunt Pam, she came in while we were watching it and and ended up watching like half of it with us. Has she seen it before? I don't think she had. Hmm. Or maybe if she did, she saw it. I wouldn't be surprised if she originally saw it in theater. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Pam did a lot of cool stuff. Like she saw Spinal Tap when they went on tour. So So you said that Kent knew you were going to love it. When you first watched it, what was your reaction? Uh, initially fucking great this is brutal in every way that i want it to be it's gory it's shitty looking i have bad taste in uh, quotations there i like shitty movies when they look i like movies when they look bad effects look bad because of this movie this movie shaped my opinion of what a horror movie should be and then we went crazy and we ended up watching Evil Dead 2 like the next day and then Army of Darkness and then it was just, there was probably a month there where it was just, that's all we watched. What do you recommend it today? today, today, today I would today. recommend it to anyone. I think this movie is fucking awesome still. It's, it's, would you recommend it to rape victims? 
I might <laughs> cut a scene out, but <laughs> but I, this movie I think is is still very important today because it's not all movies now, even all horror movies seem to be made, and even the later Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness, they're made with like a wink, like a Haha, look what we're doing, right? Or they put jokes in it and stuff. This movie was just fucking straight horror. It wasn't. It might be funny in times, but that's just because it looks funny. and Or it was like, it wasn't intentionally made to be funny. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, still is so fucking effective. There are people that hate all the other Evil Dead installations. Fucking hate them, but love this one. Mm-hmm. Because it drifted from the balls out straight horror. Fucking love it. I would well, recommend it to everyone. One thing that you said... I think Hayden should come over and watch it. ...that I agree with <laughs> is that... Um, I don't remember. Hold on a second. You said that it was important. Yes. And I do agree that it is very important watching other horror things first and seeing how this has influenced. Like I had said, the opening scene was huge. Yeah. I feel like that the scene of kids driving to like a place in the woods or a cabin or going to their destination, no matter where it is, taking taking a road trip, like all of those, so many horror movies seem to use that idea Uh of just, you gotta, you gotta get where you're going in the beginning. And it's just a bunch of kids who have no idea what the fuck is coming. Horror movie tropes came from this movie. I would say so. So I would definitely say this movie is important. Um, regarding me ever watching it again, I wouldn't put it on. I fucking hate the rape scene, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. I think it's a good horror movie. Yeah. So um, wouldn't put it on, but would watch it with you again. Nice. So Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, so now we have to very briefly talk about what's next, Sam. Okay. So we're not going to watch a movie. We're done with the movies. We're not forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. We we are going to listen to an album. Uh Oh, you're laughing in a way that concerns me. (laughs) (laughs) So this is not something that I've listened to, but I'm familiar with it. Speaking about eighth grade, this album came out between eighth grade and becoming a freshman in high school. Okay. So we are going to delve into the music of that time okay. by listening to Now That's What I Call Music Volume 2. What? <laughs> oh my God. I never thought that was going to happen. I'm so looking forward to this because this is all fucking over the place of songs that were popular around the time when you would have watched this movie. Oh my. So what's the current Now That's What I Call Music at? I think it's like in the 80s or something. It's not in the hundreds? No, I don't think so. Let's see. Current now, that's what it's I call It's either in the 70s music. or the 80s, but I think I think it's in the 70s, high 70s or 80s, one of the two. Uh, well, I see 103. Well, I know that they're in other countries as well. Oh, really? Because it's like a now franchise. All right. United States. Let's see. And that the United States is now, that's 72. what I call music. 72. In October of 2019 came out. All right. Well, and yeah, this one came out in the, in the middle of 1999. So volume two, 
volume two <laughs> of now that's what i call God, this, music it's gonna take me back to i'm gonna know these songs that's the whole fucking point of this <laughs> so uh thank you everyone for listening yes sorry we were late but we'll still get it out and sorry yeah we'll still get it out today yeah um sorry about the little rant and but we have to talk about the importance of staying off of methamphetamine yeah, absolutely <laughs> um that's not good for the human body i do not uh i don't suggest that to anyone no Especially ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah. But thanks for listening. Yes, um, we are much. poorly on social media, but we're there. Um, tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your children about us. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you are and how old you are and yeah, right. what kind of family life you have, but tell people about us. Rate us. Listen to other episodes and come back next week while we talk about now. That's what I call music, Volume Two. In other words, join us. You open the podcast. We came. You're going Hellraiser. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.